Welcome to True and Unpolished, the podcast, a Cuss Culture production. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, inspire, and amuse. Let's get authentic. Well, hi there. It's Lydia and Mary. And Mary has a story, and I think I think her mom stars in this story. I haven't heard it, so we're we're gonna hear it together, everybody. So so Mary, take it away. Okay, so last night, yesterday was my mom's birthday, and so I went over there with my 14-year-old daughter, who is very much a typical teenager. And that means that there's a developmental thing going on where everything, not everything, a lot of what I say, maybe 50% of Mm -hmm. what I say (laughs) is the wrong thing. Oh my. So the, the thing that has happened recently is that I have been told that I don't listen (laughs) and that I interrupt. Uh, I've been told this before. And even a few years ago, I, you know, I remember I did the, my word of the year a few years ago was listen. And I really worked on that. Mm So, um, and I think as you know, and in my work, I, I listen a lot and I really have worked on being mindful and I teach mindfulness, you know, all of this stuff has been kind of coming up for me recently because my teacher, my 14 year old daughter, (laughs) always, you know, tells me (laughs) what I need to work on. (laughs) That's so nice of her. (laughs) I know she really is. She's She's a giver. She really, I mean, she really is a great teacher and she also, um, is now just doing it more (laughs) fully, more directly and, you know, slightly more aggressively, Uh, but, uh, anyway, so last night she and I went over to my mom's house and we were sitting there. And it was interesting because my, my daughter was talking to my mom and she was, you know, just like kind of connecting with my mom and, and everything. And all of a sudden she says, mom, you just interrupted me, mom. Oh, that's your mom. Okay. So grandma. So it's essentially your daughter and saying, mom, which is you, Mary, you just interrupted my grandmother, which is your mom, Mary. Is that right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> my, yes, it's a three generation story. So then, you know, my mom very graciously says, well, that's something that I've really been working on this year. So I have been practicing listening and presence. Wow. And as she told me this, I thought, well, first I felt (laughs) it. I felt that she was truly present in that moment. Yeah. Cause you were just saying they were connecting. And I think that's what you're trying to say is that you were actually noticing that both of them were present with each other. Is that true? Well, that was true. But also my mom was just present in the moment. Oh, wow. And I think, you know, I, 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 
I found a little more appreciation for her and in that moment because you know she had my my mother has four children mm-hmm. and we are all going really in different directions and have very different personalities and mm-hmm. issues that we're dealing with in our lives and so so I I just had a different level you had yeah so you had kind of empathy for her like as you know it's almost like you were a little bit putting yourself in your daughter's shoes and saying oh sometimes I'm hard on my mom the way that my daughter was just hard on me is that right right that is really beautiful that is really beautiful right thank you and 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 so so what this has kind of left me thinking because you know I've been practicing mindfulness for really 20 years and I've been teaching it for just as long and so now what I feel like has happened is that there's been this tremendous shift that's occurred and I remember maybe five years ago or seven years ago it wasn't that probably five years ago there was an article on the front of time magazine and mindfulness had made the cover Mm -hmm. and that that was after I had been teaching it for a long time yeah and so I, in that moment, I knew that this was, this was, a, I mean, it was taking over, you know, the shift had occurred where enough people knew about mindfulness now that it was, it was going to in, infiltrate the entire, you know, of yeah. humanity. Yeah. It's that, it's the 51st elk or antelope theory. Um, but I also, or 51st monkey, you can, use whatever term you want, but I also, so I will say yes. And I will also say that in my experience, my healing work also has been the healing work of people in my family, specifically my parents. Uh, Because what I know to be true is that, you know, everything that's ever happened or will ever happen is actually happening right now. And that time is an illusion. That is, that is um, what is true to me. And uh, so in this moment, when we decide to heal, uh, when we decide to become self-aware, practice mindfulness, become present in this moment, us doing that is us reaching into the past and reaching into the future and healing those past selves and future selves. Uh, and in the same way, it reaches back ancestrally uh, because we are, you know, physiologically, I mean, our DNA we are literally right. healing our DNA. And I watched my father who, you know, was a very, um, you know, he was Green Beret in Vietnam, Special Forces in Vietnam. And he was very, I mean, I, my job as a child, Mary knows this, um, was to present the colors. Like I literally, one of my chores was to take the flag out and put it out and like post it. And then I would retire the colors at night. You can't let the colors touch the ground. And, you know, I mean, patriotism was a huge tenant. Uh, it was a Lord's prayer and, and um, patriotism. And so all of that to say that he was very um, pro-war is the wrong way to say it, but he was very willing and believed in war. He just believed in it. He believed in the power of it. You know, he uh, believed that it made, that it changed things. Uh, and then by the end of his life, 
you know, he died a complete pacifist. Uh, and yes, he did. He did. He did. And what I noticed is that as I did healing work, I saw shifts in my father, uh, and, and in my mother too. Yes. And it's not an egoic thing. Like, Oh, everybody, I am the savior that has saved our, my family. It's not that, but really in truth, we all are like, we are the hero of this journey that we call ours. And these people that appear to be our parents, um, you know, they are, you know, participants in the story of our hero's journey. What were you going to say, Mayor? Well, I, the, the relationship with my mother has not always been great. And, um, and so, this is, uh, I think a, a, it is a moment for healing something mm-hmm. and it's also nice to see because when you can actually feel somebody's presence mm-hmm. who maybe in the past you haven't been able to see, yeah, and it's a, it's a huge, it's yeah. a huge thing. Yes. And, um, and so I've, I'm really grateful for that. And it also says a lot about you and the way that you are mindfully perceiving, you know, uh, because, you know, in, it means that you have detached enough from the story of her to be present with her. You could not have seen her presence had you not been present in the moment, right? So you were there present and Right. And, and, but what else I was seeing was more along the lines of what you were talking about with healing the past and Mm -hmm. healing the future, because in that moment, I was able to explain something that had been with me for a long time, which is another story where it's just, I was watching this show. It was a game show. I don't even know the name of it because it was, you know, it wasn't on very long, but they hooked people up to lie detector tests. Mm -hmm. And there was this woman on there and um, her mother was in the audience and they said to her, the, the host said to her, were you, do you think you're a better mother than your mother was? Oh, And I loved this woman's answer because what she said was, yes, (laughs) and, but, but that wasn't it. I know you're going, yes. And I believe my daughter will be a better mother than I am. Yeah. Because because that's how we're evolving. And so that really stuck with me. Um, I think my daughter must've been pretty young at the time. And that has definitely been, uh, something that has helped me in my parenting to know that I'm not going to do it perfectly. Right. And she's, but if I do it better than my mom, then she's likely to be able to do it better than me. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, I brought that up last night and we, you know, had this conversation about how my daughter will probably be a better mother than me. Mm-hmm. And wow, so- that is beautiful. And it really is a, an illustration of that reaching into the past and reaching into the future because you really were 
whether consciously or not consciously, what happened in that moment is you were relating your former past self with your teenage daughter. You were switching those two roles and you were putting your current self in the role of your mom. I mean, it was really, and so it's actually a beautiful way of illustrating that very point. And I think that, yes, we do it. And, um, and do we, you know, well, I don't have any daughters. So I have sons. Will they be a well, better it, parent than me? Um, well, I think it works this, the, the same. same way. I think it's easier to see when, when sometimes when you're the same gender, but it also. Well, I've often pondered this, this gender question. Um, and, and, and now, you know, we know that gender is a spectrum too, but, um, you know, before I had that understanding, I thought, you know, what, why, you know, why would Mary get a daughter and I would get two sons? And what is that about? And, you know, who, what is that? And, and I, I mean, and I've, I've come up with some, some good theories um, as to why that is, but I think that's just a good question in general to, to sit and ponder for yourself. If you are a parent, Will you share your theories? Um, Will I share my theories? Um, Well, I I can't because one of the theories is actually involves, you know, telling some things about my husband and that that aren't mine to share. Because I think that it actually has more to do with me marrying someone, um, you know, like my dad in some ways uh, and and that kind of healing pattern. Um, So... It's not, it's not your story. Yeah. It's not really my story. (laughs) So I haven't figured it out yet, but I think that those kinds of questions, those are the kinds of things I love to like ponder and go. Right. And I think there's not, you know, I, I think there's not one answer either. No, right. I don't think so. Absolutely not. Yeah. And you know, it's interwoven. I think like, the the metaphor of a spider's web is what we're kind mm-hmm. of talking about today because that the the healing that happens in these close personal relationships and the the relationships between parent and child is so going to affect the other relationships in our life oh yeah I mean it's foundational right I'm hearing first Right. I think that my other relationships will benefit from healing the ones that are closest to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I totally, I have this really brilliant thought, everybody, and then it flew away. It just flew away. So apparently it's not for public sharing. Well, what I think that, uh, what you should share is the healing prayer, because this is something you shared with me a long time ago when I had a lot of anger um, and resentment towards someone who hurt me and to, to towards a couple of people, multiple people who had mm-hmm. hurt me. And the healing prayer is something that really does work yes it does it really what if you're not what if you're not in a place where you can 
you can sit down and talk to the person. Yeah. You may never be in a place where you can sit down and to talk to the, the person, yeah. either because the the relationship is so destructive or painful or abusive, or no, you know, the person's no longer here or whatever the reason. There are relationships like that, and so this healing prayer that Lydia shared with me has has really been transformational. Yeah, so I got it from A Course in Miracles, and I probably adapted it because I usually adapt things to a language that feels right to me, uh, and I've shared this with many, many people. In fact, some of you that are listening are like, yep, um, <laughs> but, and and this, it really, really does work. There's a collective energy and consciousness around this this prayer. Um, and, and, and I thought of, but first I want to tell you that I've had the thought. I think that for me, what is true is not that they will necessarily be better parents than me, my sons, but that we are getting a better definition of what parent means. I think that, you know, the definition of mother is evolving. And it is through the evolution of the definition that we are becoming better at it. Part of being better at it is because the definition is changing and evolving. Uh, so that's that's the thought I had. Uh, so healing prayer, everybody. So you can do this for your parents. You can do this um, for anyone that you um, are, have a resentment towards or um, lack of forgiveness in your heart towards. You can do it for anyone that you look at and think of. Um, you know, like uh, recently, my, my youngest son who has special needs has had some struggle. And so when I look at him and I see any kind of brokenness, it means that the healing prayer is called for. Because if I am perceiving brokenness, I also need healing. And that is the beauty and one of the most important elements of the healing prayer. It's the recognition that you are not accepting healing just for this other person. You are accepting it on your behalf and their behalf, because any part of you that would see any human being as anything other than perfect and whole and divine perfection, which is the truth of who they are, um, that the that part of us needs healing as well as, as the part that we are perceiving, that human flawed part. And so it goes like this. I first, I take a breath and I say, I accept this moment of healing on behalf of myself and my brother, or you can say sister, and then you put in their name. So if I was doing this for Mary, I would say, I accept this moment of healing on behalf of myself and my sister, Mary, who is a part of me in truth. It is not possible that we receive this healing separately, but it is wholly possible that we receive it together. And I accept it on both of our behalf now. And then what you do is you pause and you breathe. You breathe and recognize that you are accepting the healing, loving, light-filled energy of your being. So you're accepting. There's, there's nothing to do. You're surrendering and accepting. So I have a question. Yep. And the, the question is, what about resistance? When someone, when I feel resistance, well, I don't want to 
pray for that person because they hurt me. Yeah. What, what, what's your response to that? Uh, So, so I don't want to pray for that person because they hurt me. Most of the time when someone, when I am inspired to share this prayer with somebody, it is because they are in pain <laughs> that, I mean, that's what happens. Right. Like they, and when you are in a certain level of pain, you are willing to try anything, especially when I say, right. Hey, you don't have to go see this person. You don't have to like them. You don't have, I mean, and, cause that's not what this healing prayer is. It's not about you liking this person. You don't have to ever like that person. This is about right. you accepting healing on their behalf and your behalf. Uh, and because in truth, the two of you are one. And here's the thing. This is what happens. We look at somebody and we think, and we feel pain and we think they're doing it to us, but they are not. It is what we are believing about them as we look at them that is causing us pain because in truth, we are all connected. And so it is actually insane for us to, um, hate another human being. That's why hate feels bad. Hate always feels bad. It feels bad. We might look and go, I I hate, it feels bad. It's your fault, but it's the hate that feels bad. It's the non-forgiveness that feels bad. It's the resentment that feels bad. So it's about what dragon we want to feed. Yeah. Do we want to feed the the hateful dragon or do we want to feed the one of love and forgiveness? That's right. And in every moment we have a choice. And so one of the things I'll say to you, Lydia, is I'm grateful that you have been brave enough to confront me when I didn't want to do it. And so it's my hope for those of you that are listening that you have someone or you could be someone that can do that for others because we need, that's what we need more of. We need more connection and more support to be able to create the lasting change that we want in our world. That's right. And we all want a lasting change in our world. I think no matter what you agree, you know, what you believe about what's going on right now, we all want lasting change. And the way to lasting change is that. That's beautiful, Mary. That's exactly right. And I'll just share one more thing because we've been talking about our kids. I do what is called prayer. I call it prayer ninja Uh, And so when my boys are asleep, I will go do the healing prayer because they have zero resistance to it then. Because if I am with you when I'm doing the healing prayer, I put my hand on you. So I lay hands on my children or with someone that I'm praying with and doing this healing prayer for. And when there is no resistance on behalf of the other person. So even doing it at night, when you know, this other person is asleep, even if they're asleep in another state or asleep in another house or whatever, it's the, you know, the lack of resistance on their part I have found is a big deal. Uh, and, uh, so for my boys, when I feel like they, you know, the healing prayer is being called for. And again, remember, If I look at them and see them as lacking in some way, then it's time for the healing prayer because I need the healing too, because I'm perceiving that lack. Um, But I will crawl in, I go in, I call it prayer ninja, and I lay my hands on them and I do the healing prayer. And, and, you know, I am, I, ooh, this is one of my favorite things that Byron Katie says, I invite you not to believe anything that I am saying to you, anything that Mary and I are saying to you right now, I invite you to test it for yourself. So take this healing prayer, 
just test it out. See if it works. You might have to try it more than once. Yeah. That's from experience. <laughs> I just test it, test it, everybody. And, and then tell us, tell us what happened. Like, I want to hear. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Mary, thank you for that story. What a great conversation. I love you so much. I catch you. You have been listening to True and Unpolished, the podcast. Let's see what happens next. <laughs>